team, welcome to the DMC podcast, episode number 16, Deep in Benefits with your host, me, Adam Rigby, and the kind, handsome, caring, genuine, muscular, Cody Hunter. <laughs> and today, it gives us great pleasure to introduce our VIP, our very intelligent person, so our guest today is a true national treasure, a man who went from world-class entertainer to award-winning entertainer. He's co-owner of Afi Yoga Wellbeing and creator of M3 Mindfulness for Children. He's an instructor, he's a teacher, he's a mentor. He has dedicated life to ensuring our children are not only kinder to each other, but more importantly, kinder to themselves. He is love, he is light, he is joy, he is hope, and he's Jace Tapatu. Welcome, my friend, welcome. Thanks, bro. That's, um, gosh, that's a nice <laughs> intro. Makes me emotional already. Shit, starting off like that. <laughs> I, I, I've had the pleasure to meet you many, many times and to try and actually edit down your life and your impact on a page is really, really challenging. And it speaks volumes to who you are as a person and what you are achieving as a person. So again, we are super grateful. Um, overcome with emotion and joy, actually, to have the opportunity. So again, when Cody and I started this journey, you were top of the list in terms of people that I really wanted to talk to and reached out to you. And, and, and again, gratitude for coming back to us and spending time with us. I know how busy you are. Thank you, brother. The gratitude is shared. You know, I, Thank you. I, I'm a true believer in sharing, uh, I suppose, my story because someone said to me when I was younger, if you really truly stand in your mana, Jace, if you really truly stand in your mana, it gives permission for other people to do the same. And so, you know, if there's ever a platform to be able to do this, that's authentic and really speaks to my heart. Plus, you know, I get to hang out with you, bro, and, uh, you. and for longer than just five minutes at the gym going, hey, how are you? I know, right? Your class, et cetera. So it's, thank you for having me here today. No, absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, we wrap into what's called our speed dating. So imagine, you know, we decided after the gym because we'd be at our best. We'd both be flexing vascular a little bit of sweat just enough of a glow here would be perfect new trainers on still perfect yes yeah still perfect <laughs> meeting over a smoothie a healthy one probably you know almond milk i'd say but a cacao in there i'm uh, more, more coconut okay <laughs> noted noted namaste namaste <laughs> and um you're about to tell me just a little bit about yourself where, where do we start where do we start how long do I have? You have as long as it takes, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Sweet, brother. Uh, I'm a 47-year-old Māori man who feels like he's only just scratching the surface of what's possible in life. Uh, I'm driven mostly by my heart. Sometimes my head gets in the way, but that's okay. I'm human in that way. I have a love and a passion for everything, well-being, being well in ourselves. That means taking care of physical health, 
mental health that's really big on my agenda and also uh, your spiritual your heart health how how good your spirits feel in your life which informs how you're connecting with other people and uh, yeah I'm passionate about that so passionate that I'm a teacher of it all adults I teach children and uh, as I teach children I realize I'm actually teaching myself like some of the things that I say to uh, my students, like even today, I taught lunchtime yoga class. I was speaking about what yoga means to me. And it was a reminder for myself going, oh, bro, remember? <laughs> You're telling these people, you got to keep practicing that stuff. We've got to keep walking that talk. Uh, I, the point of difference I have with others, perhaps, who are in this well-being space, because it's going off at the moment, well-being. <laughs> uh, it's on, on the lips of most people especially corporates and you know, I see it in the school space as well but my point of difference is that I look at it through a Maori lens a power Maori lens I'm a Maori man I've been affected by suicide so mental health like I said is on top of my list and my agenda the way that I look at well-being and uh, lots of Maori men take their lives every year like we feature highly on the suicide rates for men here in our country statistics wise we we have the highest statistics for male suicide in youth in the world in the uh in the developed world for ages 11 through to 18 and we're really up there with men as well so yeah my passion is to share well-being short in a short message share well-being through my lived experience uh, through a Maori lens, that's me. That's that's awesome. Mate. Like I, yeah, I was just going to say, bro. Um, like, uh, yeah, like it's awesome to get be able to meet you. First off, wonderful to be able to meet you. I'm really happy that Adam connected us through here. Um, I would love to hear. I would love to hear about because I mean, I, I have young kids as well, and um, it, which is so you know massive learning all the time. And and I'd be super keen to hear just a bit more about. This, your M3 mindfulness, you know, movement and, and how it represents. Um, does that sound going crazy through to you guys as well or just me? We're good? Just you, mate. You sound okay. ruggedly handsome, gravelly <laughs> and strong um, as always. Yeah, it was just double checking. Great here. Yeah, thank great you, thank here. you. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I'd love to hear more about that, about your M3 mindfulness uh, business. That sounds awesome. And yeah, if you could just fill us in a little bit more, it'd be great. Thanks, bro. I suppose probably the best thing to do to start off would be to a little bit of backstory because mm. it's, well, I'll start by saying I feel now in my life, having been on this earth for 47 years, I feel like this is why I've been put here. You know, like people talk about purpose, yoga, we speak about it as dharma. I really feel like whakapuno, this is my real reason for being here on this earth is to teach children. Uh, it's, I'm the most alive. I've been a teacher now in the well-being space for 30 years, three zero years, but really only in the last three years since I've been teaching M3 mindfulness. So I feel like I'm actually making an impact that uh, that all of my skills throughout my life have come together to this place where I get to share all of my skills, my performance skills, my facilitation skills, my skills of a practitioner of 20 years of yoga and meditation, all of it, I get to share in this space and create an impact along the way. So I, I reckon it's to explain why I do 
yeah, and how I got into it, it's probably uh, best to share the backstory. Probably going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so my little brother uh, passed away two and a half years ago. And uh, I saw how it impacted my nephews and my nieces. And I'd been teaching yoga for uh, 10 years at that stage. And yoga meditation, there's bits that I'm missing out, but yoga meditation saved my life. They saved my life at a time where I was really low and uh, low to the point of considering suicide myself. And if anyone has ever been there, that's nothing to take lightly. You know, it's like the, the low point where you think there is no other way out from what's going on in your head and in your heart, but to just escape it all. It's the ultimate in escapism from what's really going on for you. And so I found my way back from that dark place through yoga and meditation. <clears throat> and uh, after my brother passed, it was really seeing how everyone in my family was dealing with grief, particularly my nephews and my nieces and noticing how they didn't have any tools. All that utter trauma of dad not being there. And then that kind of sparked my inquiry around, uh, yeah, mental health. You know, I knew we had a mental health crisis in New Zealand. I was every year doing a Movember event because I had five friends pass aside and I wanted to, that was my kind of my way to bring about awareness of mental health and to share it through yoga because that's what I was teaching. And I knew that, that, what I had to say and what I had to share were tools to help people essentially cope with stuff that goes on in their lives. And I thought when my brother passed away, seeing my nephew and nieces suffering, I was like, fuck, I have some amazing tools that I can help them with. I started doing some more research into the wellbeing space for children. And I don't know if you guys know this, but since the year 2006, I always use this statistic because it's alarming. The use of antidepressant and anxiety medicine for children in Aotearoa, New Zealand, <clears throat> has increased by 80%. So what that means to me is that our children are relying on pills to deal with depression, which is a question mark already because how are our children even contending with depression at such a young age and then they're also having to take pills to deal with anxiety again why are our children suffering from anxiety at such a young age what's going on in our society so I suppose activated by my brother's death and seeing how my nephews and nieces were not coping and then I don't want to say inspired but just more like, gosh, overwhelmed by the statistics of our children and them taking pills. I, I decided to create this program because I knew I had some tools that had saved my life that I was helping others with at my yoga studio on, a on the daily, like adults. I knew I had some tools that I could put together to help our children. 
and it's not just with anxiety or depression it's helping our children to be present to be with what's going on in the moment because depression is caused from focusing on things in the past and hanging out there in the past anxiety is caused by focusing and spending all your energy and time on what's to come in the future which both of those things are not here now so it tells me with the increase of of kids taking pills that our kids aren't present they are but they're often distracted other places uh, in the bare minimum m3 my program which teaches mindfulness teaches our children to be present and then teaches our children to be present and if they're not feeling okay to be with that because a lot of us push it away or push it down like men we push it down i don't know about you guys but my quarter i was brought up with my grandparents bless him and he was taught by his dad he'd say suck it up boy don't cry boy i'll give you something to cry about boy push it down hold it in now fuck that <laughs> you know what about if our children were able to learn how to be with the negative or uh let's call them bad emotions learn how to be with it learn how to be with grief and not use other mechanisms to deal with the suffering so that's how M3 came about, bro. It's a, it's a, it's my, my action, I suppose, of, like I said earlier, using all of my tools. I get to tell Māori stories. That's the first M of M3. And I'm a storyteller. I'm, I'm I, I just to be a, be a performer and, and I, and I, and I, and I love to be able to tell our Māori stories, which have amazing themes like love, like, guardianship taking care of mother earth like respect like oh there's so many wonderful themes of stories uh, and then we tell it through movements so i get to use my my professional dance and aerobics and yoga movement uh skill set and then mindfulness like to me the mindfulness like i said has been the real savior for me in my own life and, and mindfulness uh, the definition of it is, is to be present, to pay attention to what's going on non-judgmentally. Mm. And I feel like not just our children, but all of us, me included, can, can really, um, yeah, learn those skills, learn those practices to be able to be with everything, good, bad, neutral in your life. Uh, and so I suppose I'm just providing our children with some tools to put into their kit so that mm. as they get older, they're not thinking that taking their life is the only option that they have. Mm. I've, been, I've been touched exactly by that too. Um, Jace have an experience that what the health system has to offer. And I think what you're doing is, is remarkable. And the fact that you are taking on the mental part of the solution, because you know, what I feel is the responsibility saying to the millennials and the younger generation, you are the future, here is the problem, rather than solving the problem, giving them the solution and letting them forward and looking Kill after them. generation after generation. So you um, got it, man. it's yeah. preventative, bro. It's like, it's preventative. It's not, it's not a reactive, although it's kind of what it motivated me at the beginning. It's preventative. 
this program. It's like I'd go into uh, with just just this one year in six months of the school year, we've been in 145 schools so far, preschools, uh, primary schools, and secondary schools, and. Uh, each of them are going gosh all of the teachers are saying far out we need to be teaching this stuff as compulsory it's it's it, more important some teachers say more important than teaching uh the alphabet or numbers or building you know building a house with blocks i mean that's all absolutely but before that teaching our kids to be present teaching our kids to be here now in the moment before they learn all of those other skills, teaching them how to be emotionally responsive, not reactive, to soothe themselves rather than lashing out. Um, yeah, teachers are just saying, fire out, we, this is so good that it's starting now and not as a reactive measure later, unpacking it when they're adults. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 100% it does, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to share a bit on what you were saying before about, because from my own personal experiences, you know, when I, when I was eight, my father died as a fisherman. He got lost at sea. Um, and so when you're talking about this dealing with grief as a child, like it was a very interesting way from my experience, how our family, our schools, and how everyone dealt with it. Number one, we went to school the very next day. Uh, we're sort of told to just like you to school. And I remember to being like all emotional in front of my friend who's like, oh, my dad's in a helicopter. He's going to go look for your dad because he was lost. They never found him. So I just remember thinking like overwhelmed and being like, what's happening here? And just going to school, going to class. Um, the memorial happened because he was never found. But we're all sitting there, me and my younger brother, especially we're kind of like, what is happening here? Like, is he coming back? Is, there, is he actually dead or is he on an island somewhere? Like, are we... And then my mother, after that particular thing, she left because she didn't want to grieve in front of us. So then our th the three boys are kind of like back to school. We're getting looked after by an auntie. We're kind of doing all these things where it was never, ever worked on or dealt with or unpacked ever, ever until we were old enough to try to figure it out ourselves. Um, so, but yeah, like you're saying about tools and strategies and ways, you know, we weren't, there was never an opportunity to grieve ever for us. I mean, obviously there's a memorial, but as young children, we didn't even, I don't think I even cried. I didn't even, I, I just thought he was coming back on a boat with a beard and being like, hey, how you doing, son? You know, I just got lost for a little bit. I come and see you. So I have a real, um, I suppose, a thing about closure now is something that I'm really not necessarily passionate about. But when I coach classes, when I'm involved in things, I like things to be clear beginning, clear end. I want you to know that like it's real because that's sort of what we never got. And, and it was sort of, you know, okay. we have dreams about it for years. And uh so, yeah, I mean, those tools for kids and for, I mean, I couldn't imagine what that would have done for us as a family as well. Uh, could have, you know, be very, very different from, from what we actually had. So, mate, I'm full support of what you do, hey, 150%. Thank you, brother. I just, you know, I'm really interested in what you just said. I heard you say that, you know, you're all about closure because you don't get it. Isn't that interesting that this trauma, essentially, that happened to you has now become your gift? Mm. It's become a strength of yours that is now a skill set. It's the same, you know, I didn't go into, into my brother past, but essentially it was because dad wasn't there and he hated dad for ages, not because he passed, but just he decided to leave us. He abandoned us, essentially. 
and my brother didn't deal with that trauma of dad leaving and so it manifested in his head and his emotions and his heart and mostly manifested physically like he was double my size when he passed because it was his coping mechanism was to um, to drink and eat and get so unhealthy that it, he paid the ultimate price with his well-being because he could essentially message is essentially because he didn't get to deal with early childhood trauma didn't you know, and I've had, like I said, yoga and meditation and my own personal work and seeing a therapist and all that to, to navigate my way through. Like, imagine if our children didn't have to unpack that shit. <laughs> imagine if they could deal with it in the moment and not carry it as literal baggage through their life that will impact not just them, but anyone and everyone that they come into contact with. I, I see that on the daily at Afi. We call our yoga studio Afi because Afi means to embrace or to help or to support people with their well-being. And it's not just what people think about yoga. It's not putting your leg behind your head and doing the splits or fancy postures. In fact, the physical is the pathway into really just looking at how you're taking better care of your mind and your spirit. Uh, and I see on the daily adults, unpacking their shit on their mat you know I've had heaps of deep conversation like we're having right now with people like far out and they talk about their childhood and they talk about all the stuff and it's not that it's too late that's not because we can still do stuff about it as aware adults we can deal deal to and heal from our stuff but imagine if we didn't have to <laughs> imagine if at a young age you were dealing with it in the moment and then you didn't have to spend your adulthood trying to, you know, get 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 it all back again. <laughs> so mm. semblance of happiness or joy. Yeah. Mm. And and the trauma comes in many different shapes and sizes, eh? Because it's, you know, it can be the trauma of just listening to your parents disagree sometimes. It can be the trauma of the hustle bustle, the stress of life, you know. Um, the parents going quiet, not talking, not communicating trauma in each and everything that we can witness every day and I know what it's like um Jace because I remember the day that my father left us and he took us down the garden and sat my sister and myself down and I knew he was going I just knew it. I could feel it and and there's that overwhelming as a as a child I carried that weight for a long long time because I felt it was me I felt it was he doesn't love me I blame myself my sister blamed my mother you know, and yet it wasn't till years later that I began to sit down and talk to my father and understand who he was and why he had to make the decisions he made. I didn't understand it at the time, but if I had the tools to be able to unpack that earlier, the impact that would have had for me for 10, for 20 and 30 years just would have been incredible. It would have been incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I've got, a lot of I'm lucky that I've got to a space where I can express myself now having you know a beautiful family and wife and, and two wonderful wonderful children and I make it my mission to provide care and love and joy for them every day and, and that's your that's gift brother isn't it you get to be a father that your dad wasn't you get yeah, to provide the yeah. love and the care and the attention that your dad didn't perhaps to you and nothing hurts more than seeing your children or loved ones suffer. Nothing hurts more for me. 
wanted them to be successful. But but Cody and I, the art of the conversation, having the ability for us to talk about this and communicate and lose a little bit of weight and realize that we're not alone, that what we've been through, people share and they've overcome yeah. through a different number of strategies. And imagine someone listening and there's people here that are 20 years old, 19 years old and their mid twenties starting their life. Imagine the quality of life. And that's something that I carry with me. Every conversation we have, the impact that this conversation and you Jason would have by listening to you talk about your story and sharing your gift and your courage will impact the next 10, 20, 30 years of the young ones listening and the quality of life. And I just sit and it, and it overcomes me, but, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to do it. And that's why I'm, I express gratitude for Cody every day for actually just kicking me in the ass and saying, bro, we're going to just put this in the worldwide web. <laughs> um, well, uh, Adam, we, we talk about it. Eh? And like I said, uh, Jace, what, so my son will, we, we don't really watch YouTube on tablets because of how much it hypnotizes our kids into like staring at these things, but we'll put it on the yeah. larger TV. And um, so I came in one morning and my son was watching videos of us on YouTube and he's just sitting there watching them. And, uh, and it was like this big, it's just like wonderful legacy item that Adam and I talk about of like our grandchildren, our children, our families, everyone has these videos and these conversations to look back on. I was like, what are you up to son? He goes, oh, just, I went to your channel and just started watching some videos. I mean, there's fitness videos, there's BMC podcasts, there's all sorts of things, but I was just like, wow, how cool is that? Because I don't have anything like that. I have zero moving images of my father to look at at all, not a single one. So it's kind of, yeah, it's just such a proud thing to be involved in. If anything, my son has something to watch in the future as we grow old together. And, you know, it's just such a cool thing to have. So, I mean, again, bro, to be able to, to, be able to share these stories and, and have you on here as well with us, it's just amazing. And we, we are grateful all the time. Sometimes you forget, but these sort of conversations bring it back, eh? and you're like, yeah, man, this is awesome. <laughs> You're speaking my language, both of you, you know, I, I, I'm really big on legacy. One of my favorite books is about the All Blacks and the legacy that they leave behind, you know, and I think about that uh, because my, my, my real role model in my life was my kuro, my grandfather, and, and he was huge All Blacks fan and kind of, I, I took on board that too. I'm a huge rugby fan, All Blacks fan, but I, I, uh, um, I really resonate with some of the learnings from from that book, <clears throat> and, and one of them is like leave the jersey in a better, better place. Or I forget the words, the better place or a better way than what you found it. Essentially, and that's what I want to do with the with the mahi that I'm doing. It's I, I feel like it's bigger than me. I think, I feel I want to leave the world in a better place than what I came to it with, and if that means passing on some tools that our children will leave far beyond when I'm when I leave this earth then that's that's freaking huge you know that's huge and um yeah you both are speaking my language it's awesome isn't it interesting that we have like when I talk to my dearest nearest and dearest we all the thing that we all have in common is in some way shape or form some degree we all have essentially daddy issues you know it's like something has happened with dad and you know i hated my dad for years he i he's still a dick but i love him now and i've forgiven him we've healed from uh the mama and the hurt and the pain because like all adults now i get to see this man that i 
monster growing up because he left similar to you adam but my my take on that was that he left and he abandoned us and he didn't want us because he went and had another family and didn't adopt us he adopted these other kids that weren't his and so i've carried that through my whole life man i hated him and i was angry that was my expression angry and triggered all the time when people would let me down because essentially my dad let me uh and now I look back in reflection, I think, far out, what an angry guy I was. Now, people say to me, oh, I've never thought of you as angry, but I, I do. <laughs> I'm glad some tools now that I've worked through that and I'm in a better place for sure. But yeah, if our children can some stuff, yeah, that can help them, like, amazing. You feel like, you know, that... Um in, in the subject of books you know I, I my mission since Cody and I connected is to read a book a week and I do and I do that and I do that through backs and I audio books is, is one thing that I've really resonated with because I find that I have the time to sit down so I've, I've made it a challenge of mine too to actually sit and read paperbacks to find the time to do that to to feel the pages through my to read to to soak in the experience you know to smell the paper um but one thing that came up in a, in a in a book that I was reading recently is the the, the idea that that schools are are factories, and they're producing people into society, and now it's to consume. So we're we're passing on ideals, identities that are probably more specific to a bygone era, and yes. the children feel that the education starts when they go to school and stops when they when they leave when reality for us as we know we should never stop our desire to learn we should never stop learning so you know the elation when you go to when you when you finish school the first time you finish school you're out you can't wait you're excited because that's it i don't have to learn anymore <laughs> and then you realize holy heck oh, i've got a lot to learn because life uh, there's so much more and i and i think part of that is you know, having the availability to teach our kids about emotions, about mindfulness, about empowerment, about love, about being kind, more practical tools equips us for that continuation of learning outside of it. Do you feel like we've kind of, with with or the education system in your experience, because bear in mind, my children are out of school now, I guess, out of that environment. And I may talk to my experience now, but do you feel as, it's too compartmentalized in terms of a box, too much structure. 100%. I've, I've been really lucky to see the education system from early childhood age through to primary to intermediate and secondary school. Like we just started doing secondary schools this year. We've been at Nainai College and Papakura High School for the last year. Mm, uh, term and a half and so I've been really lucky to see the, the whole education system it's really flawed and again I get feedback from teachers saying it's so antiquated it's the same as what we essentially had when we were at school and yeah there's this structure that well, the way that I can sum it up quicker is I do personal learning development workshops for teachers right so I go into teach 
uh, teachers about mindfulness and M3 and well-being, et cetera. And the biggest thing that they say is that they're burnt out, they're tired, they're overworked, they're overwhelmed. Why? Because they've got to tick all these boxes from the Ministry of Education to say that they're meeting this expectation, this expectation, this expectation. And so they're wasted. And I've been, I've seen it firsthand at the end of each term when I go in and I'm teaching the kids, the teachers are like, had it, <laughs> they're yeah. over it. It's like, fucking bring on the holidays. I can't wait. And then when you get that eight week holiday, Christmas holidays is like, yes, no more kids. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if that's the level of teachers and I'm, and I'm saying, sharing this through the lens of the teachers, because it t- tells me that the system is flawed. That's the level of the teachers who are hoha coming the end of term, then they're not going to want to teach our kids. And so the quality of what's brought to our kids is diluted and, and flawed. So yes, the education system is too structured. And the other beautiful thing about that is, and we just did a New Zealand tour with them three a couple of weeks ago, is as I've gone around the country, I've seen that's actually people some schools especially in the rural areas are just recreating their own curriculum (laughs) they're like going oh well this is just a guideline and don't need that don't need that don't need that i'm going to teach to what i have in front of me what do my kids need they need to learn how to because we're in a rural area grow vegetables they need to learn how to when they leave here they need to learn how to take care of uh, each other because they, they come from big families and the the older brothers will need to you know so there's there's social learning skills that they're teaching the kids ahead of um alphabet and you know all the other uh, uh, mainstream subjects and the irony of that not irony the the beautiful thing about that is that when they teach mindfulness when they teach getting out into nature and gardening and all of those skills life let's call it coping skills let's call it social and emotional skills that the the uh, subject um, abilities i mean or the their academic prowess is higher mm. does yeah. that make sense yes because they're teaching that the other way around like mm. the social emotional skills are coming last the learning how to garden is coming last at other schools but at these smaller schools they just go nah stuff that let's teach to our, our, what our kids need mm. i find that so amazing so they're basically going if you to the education system we'll just do it <laughs> mm-hmm. it's working it's amazing and those kids what last thing i will say is those kids when we teach m3 they're the most respectful they're the most uh present they're the most engaged it's so beautiful to see. Hey, um, you know, I think di- directly my experiences with education have been have been very similar, Jace, because you know, from from my personal perspective, I was always a creative brain, and I always did things a different way. So I never truly felt as though I belonged at school because I wasn't made to feel as though I belonged at school, because the way my brain worked and the way I would do homework was different. And I was marked according to the box rather than my expression of joy for learning through colors, through pictures, through doing things excessively, like excessively. And so that shut me down. 
so I so I lost my love for learning and education and school became a negative place for me to be um and I think the the, the biggest the biggest indicator of that was I muddled through to, to six or more year 12, as they call it now. <laughs> um, and we had the final English exam, and I knew that I had to pass that exam to pass the year. And fortunately, it was a creative assignment or assessment based on a writing a script for a story, um, uh, a little sentence that we were given about a boy breaking a window. So we had to break it down into almost create a, a, a vision board for a, for a small, a short movie. And I did that um, again in my wheelhouse creative. And I got the highest mark out of our year. Um, and I didn't know that until people came to me and said, patted me on the back, congratulating me. So I've got 97% out of my end of year exam because it was in my wheelhouse it was creative but yet my whole experience was around I wasn't good enough education was negative I didn't fit in school I was made to feel that way so it's amazing how I was treated and my reaction to the way I was treated and the second part to that is my daughter my youngest daughter is amazing she's energetic she is love she's charisma she is humor she's everything you could hope for in a child um caring kind but she's out there man she is i don't know where she gets it from but she is out there sure you don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom. okay it's her mom you, <laughs> yeah, made, yeah, yeah. you made me say it you made me say it. <laughs> but um we were actually at seven years old at the at the uh, parent teacher meeting i was told that that she had to grow up seven it's seven years old and i what did reacted you say? quite i reacted quite calmly and reminded them that she was seven yeah. that she is beautiful all the things that i've mentioned to you that she is intelligent she has a different way and that's what makes her so great and we should celebrate oh. those things and i said just because she doesn't fit in that square peg you need you, you need to realize what's great about her and I, and I think it just it just came to me that you know as a as a parent we we throw our kids into this into the school environment and we just expect that they'll be okay that yeah. they'll go to school and they'll learn the right things they'll learn how to be better people from the right people from the right people yeah but again and I and I do feel for teachers as well on the other side of that because they are year after year told that these are the restraints as much as there are some amazing teachers out there who impact people in such a beautiful, positive way and make people want to teach. And that's the, that's the ultimate compliment, isn't it? Someone says, man, you impacted me. I want to do what you do. I want to carry yeah. on the legacy, the legacy. Yeah. But unfortunately, the teachers must feel that weight too. So, yeah, we've got, we've got work to do and we've got more conversations to have. Um, yeah, it's interesting think, the experience yeah i hear you man it's i i think it's changing i think it's changing and i've seen that it's changing you know like those skills that are taking the curriculum and thinking outside the box that's probably the best way i can describe that 
that's so sobering to see and and know that people are just taking the bull by the horns and going, this isn't working, guys. <laughs> I'm going to make it work for our for our kids. And to that point around, uh, well, what I will say is, and in my own experience, is that our formative years as people, young humans on this earth, set us up for the adult that we get, we're going to be. And so if you've got, say, for example, teachers at school who are a positive influence, like I know, I call it a pivot point. One of my pivot points in my life was I came from a really poor background. I was brought up with my grandparents. So we didn't have shoes going to school. I'm not saying this, sharing this as a, a pity party, but I mean, it was just the facts. And one of my teachers, her name's Sue Watt, one of my teachers bought shoes for me and my little brother. And I remember, I remember, I can see her face, her handing me these shoes and just quietly doing it. I was in the classroom and she just handed me the shoes and said, this is for you and Milton, your brother. Jason, don't you ever let anyone tell you, you can't do anything. I remember her saying that to me. This one sentence in one moment in my life that changed the direction of my life. And so at that young age, if we are not set up well, because trauma has happened in our life and we don't have the right support systems, it's, it can really impact our pathway for the rest of our life. The last part about that story is I really love that now I get to pay homage to Sue because she's now a student at my yoga studio. <laughs> she comes to my yoga studio so, and I get to give back that love that she freaking gave to me. Yeah, yeah, those childhood years are super important, eh? Mm. They really it's, are. It's oh, bloody tough. Yeah, you got it. I was going to share about my little brother is that he was always told that he was the naughty kid. Well, he wasn't always told it. He was told he was the naughty kid from one teacher. At the same time, I reckon, when we were about seven, when he was seven, that was when Miss Sue Watt gave us the shoes and told me I could do anything. She said the opposite. He got told, oh, you're naughty. You're the naughty kid in this class. And what, what do you do when you're a kid and you're super impressionable and someone tells you that? You live into that. So he became naughty. <laughs> that was, you know, super charming and lovable with the biggest heart, but naughty. <laughs> His whole life. Yeah. So, mate, what's, what? Sorry, bro, go. Oh, no, I was just going to talk on that because we, you know, I remember one of my first ever rugby teams I coached uh, here in Christchurch 20 odd years ago. It was an under 13 rugby team. And there was one boy in that team who we got given the word about, like saying, hey, just be aware, old mate over here, he's trouble and you're going to probably have major issues with him. But we want to have them in your team. And, you know, we're too, you know, I went to university for coaching. So we're being assessed for all the stuff we're doing. And my friend and my, a friend and I, anyway, um, and he, and he was, he was, he was a handful and he was that kid that was, um, he ended up, he actually was my neighbor as a three-year-old when I grew up too. We actually knew him. There's a family connection there really funnily enough, but, um, but the way I looked at it was like, well, okay, sure. Let's, let's try to find out what his strengths are here. Let's let me, let me double down on what parts of, his abilities within this training in our game that we can utilize to our advantage because obviously 
He's got this picture painted about him. The club's already said this. People have said this. Um, and so I took it the other way around. And, and sure, he got a couple of time, you know, chances on the side to have a bit of a chit-chat. Uh, and in the moment I made him rugby captain, captain of the weekend, was the day he changed his entire mindset. And he never changed back. He was like, I was like, I was like, mate, you're captain this week. I need you to lead by example. I need you to stand in front of this Beautiful. team. You do the chairs. This is your team for this week. And his face, everything about him just changed. And I, I don't know where he is today, but that season, we had no issues with that boy. And I, I knew by doubling down on what I thought was great and giving him some of those encouraging words, mate, it just changed them. And it was, so, it was just a great learning. And, and, and like you said, that whole use of language, eh? like the whole be impeccable with your word. Eh? We talk about that a lot with the four agreements. Oh, was, four agreements, um, yeah. It's it just like, you know, and we know it. And I was just like, wow, like, just seeing like a switch, eh? That's how powerful those words can be. And um, yeah, just a great memory I have that that sort of showed what can happen in those environments. It's so beautiful. Mm. You know, your words that I'm big on language too, you know. I'm working at Nino College. It's uh, it's a tuakana tainā relationship. It's essentially, we teach rangatahi youth uh, the teachings of M3 at a more age-appropriate level. So we teach them actual mindfulness, actual meditation, actual breathing techniques. Uh, and then we, we teach them to the place where they, they in term two now, like right now, yesterday, they were in a centre. They go into a kindergarten and they teach what they've learnt to these young kids. It's broken choice. It's my favourite thing to do at the moment within the m3 program and uh i got given i got told oh you've got the trouble kids like we're sending them to you the at nine college and similar to what you said bro they were they were a bit of a handful but i'm really big on like i truly believe that all people yearn for is a sense of belonging and what makes us feel like we belong is being seen and being heard now, these kids, troubled kids, had never been asked, how are you? And in the first week, we do this exercise at the beginning of every session is we sit down and we do a check-in. We use the RAIN <clears throat> anagram, sorry, uh, what do you call it? You know, letters, acronym. And RAIN is uh, recognizing your emotion, accepting your emotion, investigating why you feel like you feel, if you feel sad or if you feel anxious, why do I feel like this? So that in your own words, you get to diarize it. And we bought diaries and gave them diaries. And then what can I do to nurture? So if I'm feeling, example, anxious, I'm anxious because I've got an exam coming up and I haven't prepared for it. Or well, what can I do to nurture this feeling of anxiousness? I can knuckle down at lunchtime and do some study, an example. So these kids that came to me on day one, one of them, his name's Zylon, he wouldn't even look up. He wouldn't even say his name out loud. He wouldn't say his emotions. He just sat down in a slump. Fast forward to the end of term one, he was standing, speaking in Dereo and owning, owning his like standing in his manner really truly <clears throat> and the teacher said to me because she came on that last time what, what what did you do all i did oh and xylon goes he asked me how i am miss 
he told her, he asked me how I am, and he listened. That was powerful. Like I like I to see that young boy go from this to standing up, and then yesterday teaching these young kids is just phenomenal. You know, to that to the point of if he was told that he was a, a naughty kid, he would have just acted up. But here's someone who's gone like I don't even I don't care. I've been naughty in my life. I'm taking you at face value, present moment, present tense, right here, who you are now. Uh, I see you. <laughs> I see you, young man. <clears throat> it's powerful what you what you can, what your words, what impact your words can have for the positive and for the negative. Hey. Yeah, I remember our, at our college, they used to call it X block and X block was where all the naughty kids went. So again, they were put in a building. So how are you, how are you going to interact and feel knowing that you're labeled, you know, and we've, we've graded that, aren't we? And history repeats itself by atrocity after atrocity. And that's no different labeling, labeling people and impacting how they feel about themselves and will continue to feel about themselves and how they interact with others in the future. And that's a significant weight to carry. I'm so delighted to hear that, that things are improving on that front. Waking and school up. is part of the puzzle, isn't it, mate? School is part of the puzzle. And it's True. every interaction that we have with a child, whether it's our own or someone else's, we need to take the responsibility to show them that there is love, that there is trust, that there is hope, that there is light. We've always tried to treat, treat our children, give them with responsibility, allow them to make mistakes, support them if they may fall. And they always know that they've got someone to hold their hand, to pick them up. Um, talking to, to Glenn Ostergaard, who you know, um, Jace. Yes. And breaking down the myth that he isn't a robot, but he's a man who hugs his kids and kisses his kids and tells them he loves them every single day. Beautiful. Every single day. And that's something that we should all aspire to do. Um, yeah, it's super, it's a super emotional journey. Um, and I think, I think one thing too, like, you know, we, if we talk about the fitness industry, you've had a, you've had a, a lot to do with the fitness industry. I remember years, years ago in uh, Cuba, Cuba Mall when Les Mills was in. <laughs> Cuba, Cuba Street Showing there. Showing age, brother. Yes, mate. You were the go-to. The, the, the outfits were great. <laughs> <laughs> the, the outfits, the, hey, the, whoa, not whoa, much whoa. to the singlets. Not much to the singlets. And, uh, it was a barely a singlet. It was, it was a rag. <laughs> but, yeah, but you were, you were the person that inspired my wife to get into group fitness because of the energy that you gave her and the feeling you gave her and the liberation that she felt. And, I, and all I can think about is when I talk to people, people about you and especially in the yoga space too their hand always goes to their heart mm. and that's a that's the level that you impact and knowing that Justine has dedicated herself to helping people each and every day and being a positive role model and having an impact and helping people is, is part of that legacy so I just want to congratulate you on on not only where you started but the continuation of growth that we're experiencing um, and I think, you know, the, 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 no, you're welcome, a hand on heart. Um, 
the fitness industry, aren't we great at, you know, walking into an experience and if you look at ticking the boxes and saying, but they don't do that, but they don't do that, but they don't do that. And yet here we have a room full of people that are communicating, that are energetic, that are full of love, that are full of life, that are there present in the moment. And that's what I say to people. If you go in, what are you looking for in that environment? What are you truly looking for? If you're looking to tick boxes, maybe this isn't the space, but being present for me, you know, I used to think it's just focus on one thing, focus on one thing. But when I really truly felt present is when I started to open myself, open myself up to experience everything. And I almost collapsed inside myself. It was a weird, it's a weird, a weird sensation. I've been trying, not trying to replicate it because when it becomes, when your mind blocks it, then you, <laughs> then you lose, you lose the moment. But being aware of everything, the sight, the sounds, the smell, the feel, and always, I, th I think with you too, it's, it's, I feel as though you're very receptive to your environment and all of the energy yeah. And it's something that you that you emanate, but if that's the right word to use. But how did you go from this extreme entertainer on stage, this outward presence of complete entertainer, and then to draw all of that in th through those experiences? But through the through the yoga, what was the biggest thing? that really drew you in to that moment where you think, yep, I have presence, I have sight, mm. I have sound. Mm. Does that make I sense? It, <laughs> it totally does. And I resonate with all of that. So much to talk to there. You know, brother, I, I would say another pivot point was at my 40th birthday, seven years ago. And my friends, like what comes from when you, when your dad leaves you, and you have this, you create this limiting belief of I'm not worthy or I'm inadequate is the sense of uh, my, my gift became, I will prove that I'm worthy. <laughs> I will prove that I am adequate. And that came, what, what happened from that is that I became excellent at everything that I did and I wanted to be the best at everything that I did. I won a scholarship to collegiate in Wanganui. I represent New Zealand in three sports and did all these amazing things, blah, blah, blah. I get to my 40th birthday and it's in Sydney and my friend flies over from um, New Zealand and I'm in the Lion King, right? And she goes, what are you good at now? And I was like, oh, what's that mean? Am I that guy? Am I that guy that does all these different things all the time? And she goes, yeah, but not just does it, but becomes the best in New Zealand at it. <laughs> and I was gobsmacked because I never thought of myself as that guy. And I was like, fuck, he sounds like a dick. <laughs> and, and she goes, oh, no, he's, oh, I love him. He's, he, but, but you're always striving. And that must be exhausting. And I was like, oh my God, yes, it's so fucking exhausting. It's like someone had given me permission to calm the fuck down and stop and, and stop. And at that stage, 
I was really into yoga and I was teaching in Australia and I was doing doing really well in Sydney and people lots of people in Sydney knew who I was as a yoga teacher and uh and it was a real wake-up call it was a real pivot point for me so I dove more into yoga so my answer to the question is what I realized through diving more into yoga is it was a it was quite an internal uh like taking a good look at myself why I was striving, why I was proving to the world, what, what was I proving? And it, the answer was, I was trying to prove to my dad that I was worth it. And we hadn't healed our relationship at that time. So that was the short answer to that. And that actually it was further than that, it was proving to myself that I, I am adequate, that I am worthy. And then through diving more into yoga and meditation, which is, is the listeners would know if they've done meditation is it made me just really see my thoughts see my patterns with my thoughts see my reactions and long story short it made my journey of life and facilitating be less about me and more about them more about my peeps more about my students and so, yeah, less about what others thought of me and more about how can I help you? How can I be of service to you? Which has really been for the last eight years, my, my passion is how can I help you? And sometimes to my detriment, like I want to help everyone. And even my therapist said, and here's your pattern again, be careful that it's not, you're doing this to prove yourself to people. So um, I'm working with that balance. But brother, I really love what you said about, I'm very receptive to my environment. I feel like I've become a better facilitator, a better teacher, a better speaker, a better person essentially, because I'm super present and aware of everything that's going on in the room. I can see like I have 40 people at my yoga class this morning, I see them all. I see them all, I even, I even call out people's names and go, I, I don't say I see you, blah, 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 I see you, blah, 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 but I acknowledge if I see them doing something or that they've got it, that they've got, yeah. And, and to your point about, you know, when you say talk about mindfulness, mindfulness, yes, is focusing. And for some people, the beginning is to focus on one thing, but eventually I love how you described it, Adam, is that, mindfulness has been able to widen that scope and take in everything without it overwhelming you a good good place is to start just on the one thing <laughs> yeah and how, so do we, how do we do that mate how do we how do we do that you know if someone was starting on the journey where would you start them like you know uh, if you look at the the m3 model is it yeah. as simple as starting with just sitting down and breathing well <laughs> that's interesting for children because well no for children is the short answer to that because for children you can't just get them to sit down and go okay guys we're doing mindful sit down breathe <laughs> they'll just do that <laughs> what 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 is special i suppose about our program is that we engage the children first through telling them the stories through expression of telling the story, then we engage them even more 
physically. So you've got we've got three ways of learning: visual, oral, and kinesthetic. And we cover all three of those ways of learning. Um, and then with the movement, especially the young fellas who have this physical energy doing the movement and movements like balancing on one leg or closing one eye or closing both eyes works on their proprioception and their relationship to things in space. Uh, so it's focusing them. So from the word go, we do a karakia, we tell a story, we do the movement. We've got them to a point where they've been focusing on one thing so that when they sit down at the end and do the breath and meditate and a little relaxation to finish, they're ready. They're ready for that. So you kind of go through the stages where you go from sympathetic nervous system to um, relaxing the vagal nerve. It's, it's, when I put it together, I was like, oh, I think we should do these things. And then seeing it in action is like far out. It really works. Even with like two-year-old kids who are like, ah, when you get there, by the end, they're like, <laughs> it's choice, it's choice to see. So to answer your question, kids can't just sit down and breathe. For, for adults, the easiest way is to breathe. But I would say to those people who don't know much about mindfulness, there's so many ways of practicing mindfulness. And for some of us, especially if we've had deep trauma in our lives from a young age, sitting down, closing your eyes is very traumatic because it can send you into that space of your head where you, you know, brings back memories, et cetera, that aren't that those traumatic memories. So things like that are more active, like <clears throat> in Buddhism, there's a mastery technique of making a cup of tea. You got to be super present and wait and be patient for the water to boil. You've got to be patient for the tea to steep to the perfect temperature the perfect, perfect um, strength and then sitting down quietly drinking your tea gardening is a mindfulness uh, practice um, walking is another mastery practice for buddhists mindful walking so it doesn't necessarily have to be just sit down and breathe that's that's a easy way in for most of us but for those whose mind's super active activities are it's not the what it's the how a massive fan of that. walking yeah sorry because i was going to say the same thing it's a it was what i used to prescribe to people because i called it active meditation because i know that a lot of people found the the sitting still especially mm -hmm. i coach a lot of men right so a lot of men often it's trying to get them to sit still for five minutes and just you know downshift is really difficult so i was like go yes, for a walk bro. go for a walk in nature 60 minutes per day that's all i want you to do and um, so it's been one of my favorites. And as Adam knows, we do it. I mean, I, in my programs online, I make everyone, you know, part of the program is to do 30 minutes per day in nature, try to walk every day, go for a walk, enjoy it. It's so good. Um, so another one I was going to say actually was my first experience with kind of getting a little bit more mindful. And I remember this really well, because um, it was years ago, I lived in, in South Korea for many years, but I went to a yoga class, which I don't do. If you, if you meet me face to face, you realize I'm a very stiff, muscle-bound ex-rugby player. Like, I'm pretty useless. Um, I'm the guy, when you walk in the room, they give you, like, four blocks to sit on to go cross-legged because they know <laughs> you can't do it. Um, but anyway, during, during the class, and I was, you know, doing what I need to do, but at the end, uh, when we were all laying down and we, we, everyone just, you know, lights out on your back, 
shutting everything down. And I just remember sitting there and they're guiding us through this last 10 minutes of, you know, just, just being shut down. And, and, and I remember thinking like, wow, this is amazing. And I remember thinking also, no one's running for their cell phones. No one's trying to get out of the class. No one's running away early. It was just purely everyone was just in the moment and just completely relaxed and breathing deep and letting their mind just wander. And that was probably one of the first experiences I ever have of, of trying to, you know, learn more about that sort of, um, you know, obviously mindfulness and meditation and all those sorts of things. But yeah, um, sort of a manipulation now of the work first, getting through things, stretching and a, a bit of a workout for someone like me. I need to work out yes. is what I thought you need. Yes. And then finishing with that was, was perfect. If I'd have been told straight up, lay on the background on your back and we're just going to do some breathing exercises. You know, no I probably would have done it because I was there, but yeah, just like you were saying with the kids, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of like one of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's most people though, bro. That's mm. what, what most people come to yoga for is, is the, is the physical straight up, straight away. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, oh, I'm not very flexible. I'm too muscly. I've got, you know, I don't know if you know, but the All Blacks and the Hurricanes come to our studio, and and I know that person because I'm helping them with their blocks and their and their bolsters. But uh, at the end of it, like I always ask, I always ask people as they come out, like, "How are you feeling now? How are you feeling now?" So that they can get a gauge of what it is that shifted within them throughout that 60 minutes of of yoga practice. Um, now is the word, the key word, and I I. I've had one lady and probably I was counting how many students I've taught. I would say I've taught well, over a hundred thousand yoga students throughout my years. One person has said, I feel worse. And everyone else has said that they feel better. It's, it's, yeah, again, it's not about the what it's about how, how you allow yourself to, to, um, to by the end fully be present and we've got to do some things before we be. <laughs> and I love what you said about the, the cup of tea because today directly um, I, I applied that because I went to see my mum and, and dear mum, she's 80, 86 um, and as her hearing fails and she slows down a little, she's a wonderful, wonderful woman, one of the strongest, uh, strongest women I'll, I'll ever meet does anything for anyone at the drop of at the drop of a hat um and so i went to see her to sit down and to spend some time with her and she asked me if i wanted a cup of tea now i don't drink tea but i said yes because it wasn't about drinking the tea it was about sharing the experience with my mum about doing something that i know she that brings her joy and being able to connect with her on that level and just sit down and sip a hot drink and and share time with her and and I, I was aware of it, and that was the that that's the being present in that moment. You know, if someone says, "Do you want a cup of tea?" I'm like, oh, "Nah, don't feel like tea. Don't like tea." It's like, "Yes, I'd love a cup of tea. Thank you. Just a little bit of sugar to make it taste less awful, <laughs> just to sweeten it up." But to sit there and share a cup of tea with with my mum as the years disappear, because we know, you know, when we're young, we think life is infinite. And it's until we experience loss um, as our loved ones depart that we know that it's not, it's finite. Uh, and, to, and, and as we find ourselves in this space, as we all do, to make an impact.
impact each and every day that we live our lives to try and help as many people and not only make today better, but tomorrow better and every day after. Um, and that's something that I think you do wonderfully, Jace. Thanks. You do wonderfully. So um, a question I have for you, mate, and we've asked um, all guests, and you are lucky number three. You are lucky, lucky number three. Um, if you were to brush past your, your let's say, your 10-year-old self in the street, and you could stop and connect and, and say a couple of things or impart three little pearls of wisdom to that 10-year-old 10 year old self. What do you think that, that would be? What do you think those things would be? It's mm, a great question. Definitely listen to your heart. Definitely listen to your heart it's all heart driven things brother really listen to your heart learn to love yourself really learn to love yourself which going further to that is is not to care what other people think um, and then the third thing would be to spend more time with your family. The one thing we never really have enough of, eh? We chase it. We chase it, we hold it so dear. Why is my battery saying what? Please don't run out of battery. Don't let me down. It'll be the first <laughs> time, mate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We've done. We've been down this rocky road before, and we are. Oh, oh. Did we lose yet? We're no. back. Woo. It was close. Okay. We're no, we're Go back. Ahead. We're back. We're back, buddy. We're back. Um, <laughs> I, man, I, I feel you on the time, and I, and I feel you on the on the family especially watching my kids grow up and you know we think oh geez it'd be great the day that they leave you know as they get closer to that day I, I i never want to go through a day without them by my side and and that's for me Beautiful. that's for me to work out and to have the faith to let them go and knowing that they will want to come back not holding holding on to them with a the fear that they won't so, you know, beautiful chats with my oldest daughter to say, this will always be your home. Yeah. We will always be your home. And to tell them each and every day, whether it's via text, we have no excuses, peeps, everybody that's listening or watching. We have no excuses. Technology can be a hindrance sometimes, but it can work in our favor in terms of the positive impact and the connections we can do. And if there's someone that you just want to say that you love or say hi to or say, are you okay then? fuck do it yeah yeah use the 100%. moment act on it because the universe comes to you and you may be thinking of that person we've talked about it before eh, cody the universe may have put that in your mind and your heart for a reason maybe they need you maybe that's a moment that they need you and act on it i'm a big fan of it that's great so, yeah, like Cody's the, yeah go bro. i was gonna say it does happen eh, bro? We, we do exactly what you're just saying 
and they go, oh my God, I was just talking about you the other day, or I was just thinking about you. Like, you know, like, and, and, and you're like, oh, great. Well, finally, you know, we get to catch up. It's just such a beautiful thing, eh? But it happens heaps, eh? That okay. happened yesterday to me. I was, uh, I've been shared with you that I've got nine trainers, but we've got some work coming up when I need three more trainers. It's a good problem to have. But I immediately thought of two of them, and one of them was in Wairarapa, and one of them was in Wellington. Yesterday, I, it popped into my head at the beginning of the day, and this woman, out of the blue, out of, I haven't talked to her since October last year, goes, Jace, I'm just reaching out to you because blah, 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 blah. I'm like, far out. You're kidding me. You you must have, in a way to a way, you must have felt my vibes. I kid you not, on the same day, I went into this clothing store and I was like, oh, I'm on my way to teach class. I need this T-shirt. Need, need this T-shirt. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, oh, I've got a minute. Okay, I know where it is. I know where I'll go straight there and I'll get it. And I walk and that second guy that I thought of as a trainer is standing there after I've just been talking to this woman. Oh, like, oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I believe my grandparents are always looking after me and my little bro. And I'm like, oh, thank you. That it worked out exactly how it should have. When I, I don't believe in coincidences. I think it's, it happens. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I think the universe will serve you, away eh, if you allow it, if you don't get in its way. And that's that's what we do. We overthink it. We do, we we shut ourselves down, we close ourselves off to being to being present, to being aware of everything. And it's that energy, it's that wave that flows through us. It's like the like the river around the stone that engulfs it, continues to move and flow. You know, so I, I feel you in terms of I just, you know, for me too, to just stop cock blocking myself. And allow, myself, <laughs> and allow and allow myself to just be in those be in those moments and express express the joy and the love that life has to offer um beautiful amazing jace as we as we start to as we start this up i mean you know there's so much more that man honestly i could just sit yeah. and listen to you talk for for, for days on end um <laughs> <laughs> but we do respectful of the time that you have i just things before we get into the little the little drills and a, and a, and a couple of questions and a, and a little bit of wisdom to impart on our listeners um and our viewers how can we become part of your mission how can we help is there advice that you can give us to to go forward are there things is there something you can go to to assist to help what 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 can we do to join your mission, to share your mission, to share your vision. You as listeners, you as people, you as parents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm about to create a focus group to lobby for the government. You know me, edit ads. I just, uh, I do things big, <laughs> big thing. Uh, it's to bring mindfulness into the curriculum as part of the curriculum. So Wonderful. Um, bringing on uh, psychologists, um, children's psychologists, being bringing on all of the uh, researchers in the space, uh, mindfulness programs that already exist so that we are a collective of people who can show and prove that mindfulness can help our children and our youth. Um, how can you help would be to 
uh, right now is to ask your school to have M3 at your school. It's, I believe, and looking out in the market, it's really uh, affordable. In fact, I'm, I've been told that I'm not charging enough, but it was never about the money for me. Uh, I'm, I, I feel very privileged that, it, it's, that I'm in a position to do this and not get paid what, what other people are getting paid in that space. So that's a way to support, but also too, I really truly believe in the trickle out effect is, is as parents or even teachers, I say it starts with you, like do work on you, do the work on you so that everyone and everything that you come into contact with has been touched by your light. Um, and I, I'm speaking to converted with you guys because you do amazing things and you've Thank provided you. this platform to share amazing things and wisdom with people. So you're already doing that, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I just want to celebrate the fact that you are also your commitment to share our beautiful history and our beautiful language and the, the care that you show for that and the respect you have for that. And the importance that that has because it's our story it's all of our story and that's something we as new zealanders need to embrace it's our history and we need to learn from it and i just want to say that the way that you are doing it to celebrate it and to know that the children and the hope that their children will tell the same stories and sing the same songs and speak what is a beautiful language and learn more about what is a beautiful culture. Um, yeah, I just want to commend you again and, and celebrate that. Thank you, brother. I no feel worries. that there's some amazing wisdom to be had in our indigenous cultures, not just here in New Zealand, but in the world. I, I lived in Australia for 13 years, sorry, 12 years. And I got to see that how terrible the native and indigenous people of Australia were treated. Their language isn't even acknowledged, you know, like many years ago, they were, they were categorized fauna, you know, like what the hell. So I feel very privileged in New Zealand to be able to still be able to speak our language, to be able to share our stories in the mainstream environment where it's not being dissed or, gotten rid of it, acknowledged and, and you know, and, and honoured. Uh, so I feel privileged in that way. But thank you. I'm still on my journey. I have to share that with people. I'm still learning my deal. I'm still doing it. Like, like I've still got a ways to, to go. But going back to what you said earlier around um, staying, uh, like continuing to learn, that's probably one of the things that I've dedicated myself to is if I'm in the education space, then I must keep educating myself. I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to research about mindfulness and the way the brain works and the way the body works and the way body-mind connection works. It's, it's yeah, it's continuous and I'm going to continue delving into all that. And it's inspiring, mate, because we should always, all of our guests say one thing, we should always continue to be curious. You know, we should always continue to continue to be learn and have a passion for learning and that's what we're teaching our young ones right have a passion for learning obviously everything around you but everything inside you too we need to sit down and learn more about ourselves what makes us tick and what makes us uniquely wonderful 
imperfect in our own in our own way. Um, one final thing, my friend. Yes. And it may be morbid to some, but it's we call it our tombstone drill. And as the day comes, many many years from now, as you depart from this world into another, what will be? I guess the one thing that you your hope is that people will say or share about the time you spent. What will the stone say? Hmm. I don't think that's morbid. Mm-hmm. Saying this will give clarity, I suppose, to my purpose. I would say something like Jace was a man of heart who gave, lived, played from his heart. Something along those lines and something with the word, well, the words aroha definitely would have to be because of Obviously, people know that aroha means love in, in, in Māori, but I wonder if people know that it actually means to turn and be in the presence. Aro means to turn, be in the presence of ha, of someone else's breath. Ha means breath. So when you, when in Māori, it's deeper than just I'm in love with you. It's I'm turning to share breath with you and that's my way without words that I am expressing my love for you that's it because everything that I teach if you were to drill it right down right down one thing it would be to teach people to breathe breathe the way that you've expressed well the way that you've expressed just explained aroha because it's a word that a lot of us use but to to hear it spoken Mm. in that way is it just a wonderful way to finish this part and open up the next chapter for us? I just want to say, Jace, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you so much for just your investment in the youth. Thank you so much for just sharing that wonderful heart, that wonderful mind of yours. Um, and I just feel better knowing that there are people like you in this world with a commitment that you have, the energy and the love that you have, and it gives me hope. Thank you. Uh, I wish you best of luck. I wish you all the love in the world. I just want to say again, thank you so much for being part of our deep and meaningful chats. You will always have a home with us. And next time I see you, just expect to be wrapped up. Oh, I always do when I see you, mate. That's, yeah. expect, expect to be expect to be held. Love it, Jace. Um, and me, I can't wait too, to mate. connect with you again. Yeah, just just want to reiterate what Adam says. Appreciate it, mate. And not what he said earlier. I just sit here. I felt like I was just watching a YouTube podcast as a viewer, just sitting back and just every word you say and the way you present just was just soaking in every word, mate. And I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to talk with you here today. It's been amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested in what you're doing. Obviously, I have young children. It's, yeah, all of it's great. So I'll definitely uh, put your put your name towards our school committee and get you over here at Wigram oh, Primary nice. School. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, no, thanks nice, so much. <laughs> Appreciate it all, mate. So, and, team, um, if if you mm. if if you do see Afi uh, yoga and well-being, please take the time to go and see these people. They are connected. It is real. It is true to them. It is part of their purpose. And if you do have an opportunity to share uh, the M3 mindfulness for children, then please, what's more important than looking after the future of our youth, of our nation, of our country, and our well-being? Uh, Thank you. Yeah, can just I, overcome with joy. Can I share this? It's really simple. With Fakatoki and Māori say, uh, it's, a, it's a short passage, maximum meaning. And it says, It means nurture the seed, nurture our young ones, so that they can bloom. That's what I think my mission is. Beautiful. It's beautiful, mate. Thank you so much. You're the man. Whew. All right, everybody. Let the MC crew, thank you all for tuning in today in this episode. <laughs> Totally epic. I cannot wait to edit this thing and get this thing out to the masses. Thank you, Jace, again. Thank you, Riggers. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And we'll see you all again very, very soon. Love and respect, Love everybody. Love and respect. Peace. Be kind. Peace. Peace.